0: everyone and welcome to the Geek grant episode 351 and the Opie goes 2 recorded March 3rd 2019 and brought to you by element Opie productions elementopie.com welcome back ladies and gentlemen to drive time radio for geeks I am your host mark occasionally on rare moments known as the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel. And joining me this week, as always, are your two stalwart co-hosts, Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson, and Miles, the Ossigineer Wakeham.
1: Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, and welcome back, faithful opiates. We are here to entertain you. What up, geeks? I realized halfway through that I should i was should have broken into we're here to pump you up, but, you know, <laughs> sorry, i am I'm in a weird mood today. <laughs>
0: That would be uh, a reference lost on pretty much an entire generation of people, um, maybe two, but so is much of the show. So <laughs> I guess that's okay. Right. All right, so just jumping right into it. um you know, I've heard time many times that the garage door is the most dangerous piece of equipment in the average home. It's the heaviest thing. It's the heaviest moving object that most people interact with on a daily basis. But th- earlier this week, Thursday night, as a matter of fact, I was sitting in this very place in front of this camera on this very ball, uh, doing uh, the uh, Android App Addicts podcast when the garage door opener began to vibrate beneath me. I am... My floor is the garage ceiling, so anytime somebody opens the garage door, that happens. But it didn't stop, and it didn't stop, and it didn't stop. So I told door, hey, I got to go just a minute, and I ran downstairs, and the garage door was running, trying to close the door that was already closed, and spitting smoke and flames out of the top of it. That's a new one on me. I've never seen such a thing happen. So I I reached up and yanked the plug out of it, opened the door, and the entire house still to this day smells a little bit like burning resistors. Um, No idea what happened. Um, Called out, uh, and it's only three years old, four years old. Uh, It was put in in June of 2015, so not quite four years old, Um, but long enough to not be under warranty anymore. This was a LiftMaster, master one of the high-end models uh, you know it wasn't a cheap Stanley that you, somebody bought at Home Depot um, no idea what happened but long enough that it was out of warranty and in fact that I, I called a guy out and had him replace the garage door open he said I've never seen this I'm gonna go put this in my museum of garage door nerd stuff I've never seen this before so garage doors can be more dangerous than you realize not only can they fall on you but they can catch your house on fire I'm just glad I was here when it happened
1: do you have one of those home warranty things where you like warranty everything, all the appliances in your house?
0: I do not because okay. most of the time those are not worth the money that that cost.
2: Right. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so is it just is it just the motor that went, or is it any like you know the lever that attaches the motor to the door and the runners and all that stuff?
0: Well, when I asked the guy the the company, of course. Uh, two of the first two the companies I called first uh the two first companies I called said we can have somebody out in you know six to eight days another one two to three weeks um no uh and so I just kept calling till somebody said we can be there tomorrow um and they were like we can replace the head unit for 450 or we can just do everything for 499 I was like all right fine do everything um so and I looked it up and and those head units run about 325 wholesale for that particular model so they weren't ripping me off it was it was professional installation but uh, yeah uh, so I have a whole new everything they just replaced everything there is to replace except the garage door itself so uh, I should be fine and for another three or four years until it catches on fire again
2: hmm
1: right
2: they <laughs> cool the, the, the the guy that invented our sprinkler system, who's in San Francisco and he has an open source project they call Open Sprinkler, um, he did a garage door thing as well. And I remember looking at that thinking, that'd be really cool. But I think it's more to do with the security of the, you know, the signals and and controlling the door remotely using the non-traditional ways or something like that. Like if you leave your door open, you can go on your internet or on your phone and close it remotely and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, this new one does that. It's Wi-Fi. I I don't know why that's useful, but it's there. I was talking with a friend of mine um, who asked uh, basically why I'm spending $500 to get a new garage door opener. Um, That seems like a real white privilege thing to do. Um, But modern garage doors, or at least the last three houses I've been in, you can't lock the door. The garage door opener is the lock. And when that, I mean, I had no ability to, it's not just about getting out and, and opening and closing the door, but I couldn't secure the garage without the door opener. There's not not even that lock mechanism. I would have, like, had to drill a hole and put a padlock through or something and then come in through the house to open the garage door. So, yeah, no. So anyway, hmm. that's all I have to say about that. Uh, and Seth, uh <laughs> This is another thing that expected to go up in flames pretty early, and it looks like you're right. Uh, the Ron Burgundy podcast. How's that treating you?
1: Um, it's it was bad. I mean, okay, you know, I mean, it, you know, you should give. I wouldn't want somebody to go back and judge us on our first three or three hundred episodes, but you know, I mean, that's a professional with paid writers, and he's a multi million dollar comedy genius legend, Will Ferrell, and the Ron Burgundy podcast. The first one was. Okay, that that's kind of okay. And then the it went downhill. And halfway through the third episode, I'm like, that's it, I'm done. Ron Burgundy you're dead to me. Imagine if it was a newscast, a Ron Burgundy doing a newscast without a script. And that and that's as bad as it sounds. So not funny. The humor was dry and more kind of a hateful you know, not an in innocent humor that to me the first one kind of captured, especially, but it's just kind of this hateful make fun of people. And, you know, and it's okay because I'm not being serious kind of thing. It, like I say, it was, I gave it some time and I just couldn't give it any longer. I had to bow out.
0: Fair enough. I have no comment on that. I didn't watch it because uh, Will Farrow is very hit and miss and I expected this to be a miss. Um, uh so SpaceX that looks interesting.
2: Mhm. It was, you know, I was supposed to do some work today and I didn't feel like it. <laughs> so I sat in front of the TV and got my YouTube out and uh I just happened to get a, re- a recommendation that there was some live event from SpaceX. And so I watched it thinking oh yeah 5 seconds I'll watch this and move on to something else. I ended up I was there for like 2 hours. It's crazy. And I started realizing, you know, man, you keep, you just, we take, we take space travel for granted. This is like huge. When you, you see the whole process of these guys, what they did apparently is they're launching this Falcon rocket thing, Dragon, or whatever they call it. Uh, Falcon's the launch thing and Dragon's the thing on the top. I don't know. Anyway, they're launching this thing to the space station. I've done it a couple of times. They did it live today, so I watched it, and then I watched a copy of the previous one they did a few few days earlier, I think. It's absolutely amazing to watch this because they've got cameras in all, everywhere, like everywhere. And then I watched the thing dock with the space station. So they've got a camera on the space station looking out, and they've got a camera on the nose of this thing looking in, and you watch these things come together and the precision it's just, it's amazing. We live in an amazing time. And the the whole reason for this is they're, they're doing this because they're going to put a person on that thing and shoot them up into the space station. And that's significant because we've been relying on the Russians doing this for us, you know, for, for years. And NASA kind of pulled out of that when they dropped the space shuttle program. So this is how we're going to pick up the slack. And I guess for Elon Musk and the team, they're they're looking at, we're going to put a human being in this thing. We better not screw it up. So, uh, yeah, it it was pretty, it's pretty interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, it's space travel got really boring for a while, uh, because they were so good at it. Uh, and of course that was before any of us were born. Well, before we were old enough to care, we were born. Right. Didn't care. Um, yeah, it's exciting for there to be excitement about space again. Yeah. All right, so the show topic this week, and the OP goes to, see, last week was the Oscars. As we were recording, the Oscars were going on, and ever the cutting edge, we thought a week after we'd copy exactly what the Oscars does, but uh, in our own fashion. So this week, we're going to talk about um, the best slash worst movies in various categories. So here are the rules for this. They're movies that we have seen in the last 12 months. They don't have to be new movies released in the last 12 months. This doesn't have to be the first time we've seen them. So um, you're going to have some old classics here. uh, But this is our comments on movies we've seen in the last 12 months. And hopefully it'll be more interesting than that little description made it sound. So (laughs) the first category. I hope so. Wow first quarter category is i can't believe i paid for this the worst movie category so the worst movie that we've seen in the last 12 months and uh, miles what was your comment on that because <laughs> this the irony here is seth said miles isn't going to have anything here uh because and then almost at a direct quote of what miles is about to say
2: yeah so there's a lit, we have this show notes and we type in you know our stuff and so i I went there to this section and I couldn't I couldn't come up with anything mm. and the reason is and this is exactly what Seth said if I if this movie if a movie doesn't grab me in five minutes I just walk away because I'm like Mr short attention span I can't do it and, and what did you say Seth before I even got on the show today <laughs> yeah uh, Mark
1: and I were commenting it was like well Miles hadn't put anything in this yet, and I was like, well, Miles, if Miles doesn't like it, he'll get up five minutes into it and go out and make some money somewhere.
0: (laughs) So, we we know you well, Miles. Yeah, they do. (laughs) So, my first one, I've got a couple. Seth has a few, so we're just going to go down quickly and list them all and why we think they suck. Um, Worst movie, by far, probably the worst movie I've ever seen, and I've seen the movie Stone Cold by... Uh, with Brian Bosworth um, the one of the worst movies I've ever seen Gone with the Wind and part of the reason I think this was such a terrible movie is because I've been told all my life how great it is and I spent four hours waiting for the greatness and it never came this is not only is it a terrible dramatic teenage girl chick flick it is a period traumatic teenage girl chick flick terrible don't watch it
1: no, this was a great movie. I, I I mean I have not seen this movie in the last 12 months, but I have seen it a couple of times. And I've enjoyed it. Um so I, you know, I think it was a pretty good movie. Terrible. So movie. there's there's some awesome lines. There's, you know, um Vivian Lee just in her best. You know, who's she's actually English, but she nails the Southern Belle thing and, you know... Rhett you call Butler that nailing it? Cart-
0: She's a parody of her own self.
1: <laughs> no, I. but like I say, it kind of fits with the way, you know, and um what was his name? Rhett Clark Butler. Gable. Yeah, Rhett Butler's over-the-top, you know, Southern Gentleman thing. They were perfect for each other, and they played caricatures awesome. It's a great movie. I'm sorry that you don't have the... Um, Sorry, you didn't like it, yeah. but it's it's not that bad. Well, having
0: looked at your uh, list, Seth, I'm afraid I can't come to the defense of any of the movies you've had. So <laughs> this will be a unique experience in this category. <laughs> the next one I have for I can't believe I paid for this, um, and I didn't pay for it other than for my regular Netflix subscription. Justice League. Oh my gosh, so very bad. Everything about it was bad. The the this dialogue was bad. The mustache was bad everything about that movie was bad and i wanted to kill it with fire
1: i will not defend it as a great movie but it could end up in the it's one of those the badness of it kind of what makes it good there was enough one-liners and bad cgi action to knock it off of the worst movie yeah. I will agree it's not a good movie and it set superhero movies back a decade probably yeah. but not not the worst movie
0: uh, it's it was bad enough to not be good but not bad enough to be so bad it's good it was right in that middle ground of just bad movie um uh and then the next the first one on your list Seth is one actually I intend to see because I know it's going to be bad is it is it something I can't enjoy because it's just that bad?
1: Left behind the Nicolas Cage one, not the Kurt Cameron based on the book ones, which is a whole you know that's that's christian cinema the kurt cameron ones based on the book and that gets its whole category of bad filmmaking that you're supposed to watch because it has a quote-unquote good message but no this is this imagine all of the best parts of the kurt cameron left behind movie taken out and you are left with the nicholas cage left behind it's like what was left behind was nicholas cage's acting ability <laughs> that's what was left behind and it was just it was awful 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 um you know if it, you know if you want somebody to confess to murder make them watch this movie and they'll do anything to get out from it so it's, it was a very bad movie i
0: think nicholas cage has made an entire career playing wooden emotionless characters and yeah,
1: but he has a flair in some of them and you know and so you you're going for the nicholas cage experience this is like the nicholas cage experience on valium or something so it was just not there and continuing with the nicholas cage theme is ghost rider 2 so for me the first ghost rider wasn't good wasn't bad it was an okay movie the second one it just like Ghost Rider fell off a cliff, and whenever he, whenever the motorcycle crashed on the rocks below, they were like, "Hey, let's make a movie about him again." And so Ghost Rider two <laughs> was just bad. There's, there's no, um, you know, there's no. I mean, Eva Mendez, which is someone who I just adore, she was not enough. No, she wasn't in this one. Never mind. Whoever the, I don't even. This is how bad it was. I don't even remember who the hot chick was. So yep. that tells you the movie's bad.
0: So the original ghost rider Hot Chick was the only thing that made it worth watching. She was had enough charisma to make it worth watching and I, I guess new Hot Chick couldn't do that. I, I didn't even I didn't even know that it was a thing. I didn't know there was a ghost rider too and I'm okay with that.
1: Sorry. I mean yeah, you'll have nightmares now. Don't don't yeah. watch it. No redeeming qualities. And the next up is the happening, uh, M Night Shyamalan was like I don't know he lost a bet was in with some bookies <laughs> or whatever, but he made this movie that was I don't I don't know what idiot read this script and thought let's make a movie out of this that people will go see it's just awful um, so. It's an atrocious film, uh, ridiculously stupid premise that gets dumber by the second, and then it ends for no apparent reason except for they realize if this goes on any longer, someone will sue us, so we've got to end it now. And that's, that's what happened to the happening. Bad yeah. movie.
0: After The Sixth Sense, M. Night Shyamalan was just the golden boy. Everybody wanted to do his thing. Every movie he made, got worse and now he's a joke and it's sad Very sad. and this next one i have seen and i agree with you it was a terrible movie very little redeeming value to it and that is downsizing
1: um, yeah uh, i talked about it i think last week and that's the reason it was so it hadn't been yet burned out of my mind that's the only reason i do it so Um, all right
0: All right, and this one I think I also talked about last week, maybe two weeks ago. This is in the Sharknado category, the best bad movie category, movies that are so bad that they're actually good. And my best bad movie of this year is Rampage. It's everything you expect it to be. It is bubblegum for the brain. Uh, Turn your logic centers off and just enjoy the ride.
1: Uh, Yeah, bad movie, but a a watchable bad movie for me. So, yeah.
0: All right, and Miles actually has something in this category. His best bad movie
2: is? <laughs> it's Brain Dead, which uh, was, I think, in, a, in the United States, it actually wasn't called that. It was called uh, Dead Alive. And here's a, a, a little trivia. This is Peter Jackson, the guy behind Lord of the Rings, you know, King Kong, The Hobbit, that guy. You know, epic, massive Peter Jackson. It's his first movie he ever did. And it's horrible, but it's so good because it's this cheesy C grade, no budget movie filled in his hometown in Auckland that looked like some, you know, college student prank movie done with a little handy cam or something. It's from 1992. It's a zombie flick. It is the most gratuitous violence I've ever seen in my life. And this guy in his first movie ever nailed it. So the, if you haven't seen it and you like those really hilariously bad, low-budget B-grade movies with a lot of violence, check this one out. It's really cool. All
0: right. I'm not familiar with that one, and nor does that description appeal to me. But uh, <laughs> I did like the original Night of the Living Dead, which was supposed to be a horror movie and is actually now known as one of the best comedies ever. So, <laughs> right. Uh, and, of course, you can not have a Sharknado category without having a sharknado movie in it.
1: Okay, so my entry here is Sharknado 3, which is the pinnacle of the Sharknado franchise. The first one was a very solid film that established the <laughs> I can't believe I'm watching this. Oh my gosh, it's so stupid. Um, you know, I'm going to fire a pistol at a tornado of sharks a half a mile away and kill them multiple somehow anyway everything about that movie was just cheesy glory they tried to go over the top with Sharknado 2 and it kind of fell with the thud a little bit but they rectified it and Sharknado 3 is the perfect blend of cheese and b-movies and one-liners and just you know Take your brain out, lobotomize yourself, watch this movie, and you will just roll on the floor laughing. Charton 803 is my humble submission for the greatest cheesy movie ever made.
0: I, I don't remember which. I've seen so many of them, but they're all essentially one long movie, and I can't right. remember which one that one is, but I'm sure I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think you did. And speaking of enjoying it the next category is the barrel of monkeys category the most fun movie i've had this discussion before fun movies don't have to be good movies good movies don't have to be fun movies um uh, uh, an example is uh the movie fury um um uh, with <laughs> Yeah, i can't remember yeah, any pitt. of the actor's name uh brad pitt yeah and uh anyway shia it, labeouf that one it is a two and a half hour kick in the nuts But it's a good movie. It's not fun. You don't enjoy the movie. And afterwards, you don't feel good about yourself. But it's a good movie. These are the opposite of that. These are movies that are absolutely fun to watch, but that may or may not be good movies. And my category, uh, I think probably one of the best fun movies ever, is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Can't take anything seriously. It is absolutely a ludicrous movie from beginning to end, but it's a whole lot of fun.
1: If you would have said Guardians of the Galaxy 1, I would have been with you, but 2?
0: Yeah, really? I like 2 better than 1. I think 2 really? was more fun than 1. I liked 1 better as a movie. I thought 2 was more fun.
1: Huh. I, I, To me, it was one of those. It had some better one-liners and better bits, but it wasn't overall the movie yeah. that 1 was. So
0: Well, and we don't agree on your pick, right. which is a movie that I didn't think was any fun at all, and that was?
1: Ant-Man. I just there was uh, I cannot remember his name, but he does this little where he's like telling the string of stuff. And there's just so much in that movie that was funny to me. And yeah, I won't try to defend it as a good movie, but I laughed and laughed and laughed. And it was very good. So.
0: All right. And Miles, you have another one. Not surprisingly, that none of us have heard of. And it is.
2: <laughs> well, this is a Bill Murray movie. Okay. Um, this is <laughs> uh, this is where the Buffalo room, which is. uh Really, it didn't get any press when it came out, but it is hilarious. It's the story of Hunter S. Thompson, the um, original author, the gonzo journalist guy. Do you know who he is? Uh, No. Okay, so he he was this guy whose claim to fame was he followed all of these uh, political campaigns, particularly in the 70s and the 80s, completely drunk out of his mind and on drugs the whole bit. And he's been one of the most prolific authors ever. He's incredible. He's a Jack Kerouac-level author who somehow could do it in a complete stupor. And he followed the Nixon campaign all the way through on the press corps, completely wasted through the whole thing. And Bill Murray plays him. And it is the most hilarious movie that Bill Murray just pulls this off so well and the stuff that happens and the craziness, it's amazing. It's a great watch.
0: Okay. I, I may have to check that out and moving on the, Hey Mikey, he likes it category. That is just that, that reference right there is, is dates me right there. Um, this is the surprisingly good movie. It's a movie you didn't think you'd enjoy, but you really did. And, uh, uh miles, will let you start off.
2: Oh, um, I discovered this in uh, 2014. It's a uh, uh, Jake, uh, how can I pronounce his last name? Gillen Hall. Is that, that right? It? Yeah. Um, it's his movie called Nightcrawler. And it, I thought, it, I, when I started watching it, it reminded me of those sort of B grade LA movies that, you know, didn't have a big budget and somebody in LA who was a, you know, wannabe movie guy did it. And I started watching it thinking it was going to be like that. And it's brilliant. It's as you know, it's all about the underworld of um, uh, the uh, f- uh, camera photojournalists right. who cover crime scenes and um, murders and crane wrecks and all that sort of thing. And this one guy is kind of a bit insane, uh, who takes that role as a photojournalist and finds himself in a really bad situation. And in fact, sort of starts creating his own his own photo shoots. Um, quite quite macabre but a really good movie and surprisingly enjoyable i, I enjoyed that one
0: all right i, I haven't seen that one uh, i am familiar only but from you you've mentioned it a couple of times before uh seth i'll i'll let you do go next and i agreed with you this was a really good movie but i was expecting more of it apparently than you were because of who's in it
1: right yeah bradley cooper this was really before i i mean i've tried seeing him before but this is what made me kind of a Bradley Cooper fan was his performance in, um, limitless. Um, it, you know, I was, it's like, you know, with the premise of the film, I was expecting like, you know, I was kind of hoping for more action and there was some action, but it was more, you know, um, more plot driven and it was really, really good. I just, I super enjoyed the film. I, I, it was just it, and you know and I even though I'm familiar with the premise I loved it um, I wish the um what was the Scarlett Johansson movie uh that Lucy? was like Lucy yeah I wish Lucy would have been more like this um you know instead of what whatever it was that director tried to do I didn't get so um but yeah Limitless was a great movie um, and it and it survives you know multiple re, multiple rewatches it still it okay. holds up and now it's a TV series.
0: Um, they liked it so much. Uh, I think it's a Netflix original. I don't remember. But yeah, no, it's a it, TV it, series.
1: It's not a Netflix original. It was okay. on one of the big three networks. And I think it lasted a season. And then Netflix bought it, I think. Ah, but got it. it. I don't know. It was. Uh, and he was referenced. So it's kind of in that movie Limitless universe. They reference him. And I think he's like a guest star on the first episode. Um, so, but... To me, it wasn't as good because, I mean, the actor was okay, but um, it was out at the same time as Sherlock. And I think uh, Sherlock was a much better series than that.
0: All right. Uh, and then my next one, I just watched uh, a couple of days ago, Friday night, um, only because my 14-year-old is crazy into comic book stuff. I wasn't expecting much out of it, maybe, maybe because it's animated, um, but I don't know why I would have a prejudice for animation because you know, Incredibles, Toy Story, these are great movies. Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse is one of my top 10 movies ever. It's an amazing movie, excellent writing, excellent voice acting, uh, the, the visual style is great. And I was expecting nothing out of it. I watched it. I was blown away. I will be watching this movie over and over again.
1: Cool. I really want to see it. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it just came out. Uh, I bought it on Google Play. I think it just came out this week. Uh, so if you're waiting for a Netflix or whatever, uh, it, it may be a little while. But yeah, I, uh, my daughter really wanted to go see it in the theater. Uh, we just didn't. Schedules didn't um, align right. So the very first opportunity to watch it, we did. And I just loved it.
1: Yeah, I saw the trailer for it when I saw Venom. Ooh, that's a movie that should be on here somewhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, And I really want to see it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and if you're a Spider-Man fan, it's lots of fan service, but I'm really not, and it was still enjoyable anyway. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, the next category is the, if you tell anyone, I'll deny it category the guilty pleasure the movie that you don't want anybody to know that you like we're gonna reveal it right now Um, and uh, Seth uh, you get to start this one off
1: all right well I, I do feel ashamed about this movie, but this is maybe the funniest movie I have ever watched. Team America World Police. Uh, some of the, it's in a lot of ways, it's the most vulgar movie. Uh, whoever thought puppet sex would be vulgar, but it is. Um, but it is just the funniest, funniest movie. The songs in it are hilarious and, you know, the bad accents and over the topness of it. It is, it, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to tell people that I like it. So uh, Team America World Police, funny, funny, funny.
0: I've heard you talk about this movie for going on 15 years now, but I've never seen it. Uh, I guess I'll have to break down and actually watch it at some point.
1: I think so. It's, well, I doubt you
2: will like it.
0: So okay. That's all I need okay. to know. Um, uh, Miles, what's your uh, uh, guilty pleasure?
2: Well, th- this is a. Very um, hardly known movie. It's called. It's by. Okay, have you guys have you heard of a couple of guys called the Yes Men? No, no. Nope. No. Okay, so the reason why it's a guilty pleasure is because these guys are activists. They're kind of a bit liberal. They're not. I'm not a liberal in that regard, but the way these guys. They, they go up and they do the craziest things to try to get a political point across. But it's just downright hilarious. And it, it doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree with the politics of the message. It's what they do. It's like they will <laughs> – this movie is called Yes, Men uh, Save the World. Is that – that's mm-hmm. the title, I think. Fix yeah. the World. Is what Fix you're the World. Out. Thank you. Um, and it begins with – an oh <laughs> With a a story about, um, I think it's uh, a battery company. I can't remember who it is now. Um, In Bhopal in India, they had a factory. The factory caught on fire. It burnt. There were all these toxic fumes and hundreds of people died. And it didn't get any press. And what these guys managed to do was they paraded themselves and pretended to be representatives of this company and went on CNN – and did an open apology section. It, it, like Everyone thought these guys were for real. The whole thing was a joke to try and point the camera at this you know, horrendous thing that went on. Um, that's what they do. They're activists, but their, their huh. method is so creative, and it's hilarious how they do it. Um, it's worth just for a laugh. It's worth watching.
0: So, as I'm looking at this list, I'm realizing that uh, we have wildly different tastes in movies. Seth and I tend to be a little more tangential toward each other. But, uh, yeah, Miles, you, you're I'm, not even I'm the right same Venn there. diagram. as no,
2: I'm, I'm way out there on the weirdness yeah. level, I and, think. And Seth and I
0: disagree <laughs> probably more often than we agree. Uh, so, it's interesting. So, uh, my uh, guilty pleasures, um, and th- this is an old movie. And remember, the rules of this is I've have to seen it in the last 12 months, and I've seen it in the last 12 months several times, Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon. I love that movie. It is, it is a ridiculous movie in every way, and I absolutely love it. I mean, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Reese Witherspoon in a bikini is, is reason enough to at least turn it on. Um, right. But you'll stay for the, the just weird, quirky humor. Uh, and it's also a very quotable movie. Uh, uh, it's just a movie I, I love to watch. And the second one, I, 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 I watch this movie because I love my children, and only because I love my children. And then I find myself singing the songs and wanting to rewatch it, and I've seen it several times. That's The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman. Um, <laughs> it's it's a guilty pleasure. I'm ashamed to admit that as a, as a middle-aged heterosexual man, I enjoy that movie, but I absolutely do love that movie. Well... You guys seen either of those?
2: Yes. I, think I, I saw like, Legally Blonde years ago, but yeah. man, yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I like the movie Legally Blonde. I it's I mean, I
1: enjoyed it. Um, and I've never seen the greatest showman, so yeah.
0: I'm not a show nerd. I'm not, but I like that movie. Zach Efron and Hugh Jackman in a musical, who to thunk? But yeah, I <laughs> loved it. Um, All right, the next one is, you can say that again, the most quotable movie, and with the exception of one of these, I could right now throw down and quote every line of every one of these movies, just from start to finish. (laughs) And my first two need no introduction, so I'm just going to say Princess Bride, Forrest Gump. Boom.
2: Epic. Epic.
0: And then, Miles, your two I could also go right along with.
2: Yeah, I went boring on this. Well, I mean, boring, like the movies are not boring. I went, these are just natural Monty Python and the Holy Grail uh, and Spinal Tap. I mean, each one of those has got to have at least a dozen phrases that we use in everyday you know, language today.
0: If you've ever been in a band and you haven't seen Spinal Tap, you owe it to yourself. to see. If you're th- thinking of being in a band, see Spinal Tap first and then decide if you really want to be in a band.
2: Yeah, because this one does go to 11. Yeah.
0: And this next one I have quoted fairly often, but I haven't actually seen it only a couple of times, and that's Office Space, Seth.
1: Oh, man. Office Space is just – it is – it is an awesome movie. <laughs> um, it was kind of put together as a B movie, but and it it became a cult classic. It didn't do well in the theaters, but thanks to Comedy Central, it dominates. Like it dominated DVD video sales, and it, it's a perennial cable show. Um, office Space is just you know who hasn't been Peter at some point in their life. You know, yeah. just filled with judge drudgery, and you know you've been missing a lot of work, Peter. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, (laughs) Bob's. So, you know.
0: I mean, I can't. At least once a week, somebody stands at my cube and goes, yeah, so, (laughs) yeah. I'm going to need those TPS reports. Um, It just happens. Uh, All right, moving on. This is the first time we have some category uh, doubling here. Uh, So we have the Play It Again Sam category, the most rewatchable, the ones that you will watch over and over again. And uh, Seth and I absolutely agree on both of his and so seth i'll let you go first
1: all right well the princess bride i mean it's the single greatest non chuck norris movie ever made that's how i describe it to people (laughs) Um, and you know and um roadhouse not a good movie on really any stretch of the imagination but it's just when it comes on, you know, you're, if you're flipping through and you have it just. So there's something about that movie that just takes the remote control out of your hand and you watch it in all of its epic cheesiness. Um, so and for, that's the for, original
0: it, Patrick Swayze Roadhouse, not the yes. remake. Yes. Why would they remake it? Yeah. Uh, And then mine is another double entry. That's Forrest Gump. One of the reasons it's uh, quotable is because I watch it all the time. It is a movie that I watch at least a couple of times every year. Uh, I think one of the best movies ever made. Um, It's got its flaws, but as a whole, it's an excellent movie.
1: No disagreement there.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And then Miles, of course, 2 I've never heard of.
2: Okay. um, Indie Game. Indie Game was a documentary. It was not very well uh, circulated but it's about a bunch of guys who wrote independent video games mainly for like Xbox and PlayStation platforms in probably the early 2000s and it's a documentary about them actually going from idea all the way to actually releasing a movie uh, a movie a, a video game and it is incredible the way the the story is told these guys are near suicide on trying to get this stuff out the door and it's I mean, if you're in the software business, this is a must-see uh, movie. Not even if you hate video games, but you understand what a software project goes through from start to end. This is a must see. You got to see it. Um, the other one, the other one's kind of a close to home movie for me. It's a movie called Sound City. Again, it's a documentary. It's a it's done by um, the guy from the Foo Fighters. Um, anyway, name very uh, lost it's about a movie it's about a recording studio in los angeles i happened to work work at this studio once so i know it very well back in the 90s it also happened to be where okay. nirvana's nevermind was recorded it's where epic movies all the way back to the fleetwood mac mo- uh, albums were done there a lot of tom petty's early stuff was done there it's a very legendary place that was in this horrible area I think of Van Nuys in in the San Fernando Valley in LA and it was one of those places where if you was getting a start in the recording engineering business you could get work there because it was a really crappy smelly horrible place but it had so much history and um, this is the story of that entire era from the 70s all the way through to the end of the era of recording studios in the in the late 90s when everything went digital was it um, Dave Grohl? Dave Grohl, yeah. yeah. Yeah, It's he did this. He did such a good job paying homage to that history, um, the history that you know he got his start in, but it's sort of also somewhere which was a bit close to home for me. So, yeah, it's well worth seeing. It's just called Sound City. I
0: cool. will have to check that one out. Cool. Both of them sound interesting to me yeah all right in our final category the opie's choice award our individual uh, recommendations for best movie we've seen in the last 12 months and coming in at its third mentioning in this movie is seth's favorite which is of course the princess
1: bride just come on
0: yeah nothing more to be said about that uh my uh favorite my best movie i've seen this year is an old movie And that is the original Avengers, Marvel's the Avengers. I think it is the perfect comic book movie in every way. Um, It is awesome, and I will watch it every time it's on, or I will make it be on and watch it.
1: No disagreements there. Phenomenal movie. And Miles, again, one I've never heard of.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's an old one. 84. Um, This was Bill Murray again, but not a comedy. Uh, one of his very few serious works, which is weird. But sometimes comedians do a good job in serious roles. And this one is fantastic. It's called The Razor's Edge. Um, It's one of those movies when I was young and I watched this, it kind of set – I don't know if it was one of those change-your-life kind of movies, but it was a very – noteworthy, inspirational movie. It's it's an old book from the 1920s, I think, uh, Somerset Mourns book, and it talks about uh, the story of soldiers that went to World War I, American soldiers, and they came back destroyed, and one guy had to basically go around the world, kind of like an Ernest Hemingway, to effectively find himself after that experience, and... It's the most amazing story of hope and despair uh, all rolled into one movie that really is a classic. And to me, it's everything. It's turned out to be my life. You know, it's what I do. It's it's my roaming of going around the place and seeking out and trying to find the answer to things. And it just was portrayed so beautifully in this movie that I I had to put it in there. Is this one that you watch regularly? All the time. Uh, Okay, fun fact: my daughter's name is from this movie. It's that it was that important to me. Wow, cool.
0: All right, I was going to name my daughter Forest, but uh, my wife wouldn't. (laughs) Because you know, at a track meet, run Forest, run. I mean, come on, you got to do that.
1: (laughs) Run (laughs) Forest.
0: So. Uh, all right, that's it. The, those are our picks uh, for the the Opie awards. Maybe we should actually make up an award and give it to nobody. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you think. Uh, and uh, we'll talk a little more about that later. I, this was a good rounding of movies. Some I've seen, some I haven't. Uh, so uh, once I post this into the notes, uh, you all listeners will have uh, a lot of things to watch or to stay away from. Uh, based on this. So uh, really, the
1: only thing left to ask is, Seth, what happened this week in history? All right, Mark. Well, this week in history comes to you from an email. Scott Russell sent in. Scott, thanks for doing my work for me. I appreciate it. Um, He wrote in to inform me that on February the 29th, Which would have happened over this past week of the show. 1860, the great Herman Hollerith was born. Um, Herman Hollerith was an American inventor who developed an electromechanical punch card tabulator to assist in summarizing information and later accounting. He was the founder of the tabulating machine company that was amalgamated via stock acquisition in 1911 with three other companies to form a fifth company that was renamed IBM in 1924. Um, He's regarded as one of the seminal figures in the development of data processing. And tonight, he makes history yet again as being the inaugural member of the This Week in History Five Timers Club, having been featured in episodes 127, 244, 260, and 290. And that happened this week in history, Mark. And now back to you.
0: And that may be the most prestigious, prestigious award of his life, is having shown up on this show five times.
1: I think so. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, he sent me in, and it was one of those, hey, did you know this? You probably did. And I was like, as a matter of fact, yes. And this, so I went searching through our archives to find he was in there, and I realized, oh, my gosh, this will make him a five-timer. All right.
0: Herman Hollerith, um, one of the guys that you don't know who invented the world in which you live. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, All right, so uh, now, Seth, what do you have to close the show in spectacular fashion
1: this week? Well, (laughs) nothing, but I do have a link that will help you put the fun back in function. So this links to a Yahoo article I stumbled across um, in my web perusals, that it is a semi-definitive list of what those F1 through F12 keys at the top of your keyboard can do. So, you know, they can do such things as, you know the uh keyboard combinations can close documents, reboot or shut off the computer, open the document library in Microsoft Office, open the search feature in Windows Explorer, whatever you want to do, lots of stuff. Uh check it out, you know, print it off for your for your mom or all those people you tech support and they ask you and you could go let me Google this for you. Just
2: give them this.
0: That sounds interesting.
2: I've always wondered what why why those function keys are still on keep on today's computer keyboard because don't they date back to the old ibm terminals from way back when i mean you know 70s 80s it's a it's a legacy issue once
0: applications start using them you can't take them away
2: yeah Uh, you know Hmm. tell that to apple
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh nobody can tell anything to apple
2: that's
0: true all right this is the part of the show where i tell you how tell you how you can feed back to us um and you can do that by going to element click the contact us button at the top of the page we want to hear your entrance for each of these categories the most watchable the best overall the one we should stay away from you owe it to us to share your wisdom with us Uh, Do that by clicking the Contact Us button at the top of the page, answering the world's hardest CAPTCHA and filling out the form there. Or if you're not a form-fill kind of guy, you can send an email to uh, geekrant at elementop.com. That goes to all three of us. Or if you'd like to actually have your voice right here. On the show, you can dial 559 am op leave us a voicemail there, and we'll play it. I'm interested to hear, you know, uh, movies are one of those things that uh, very few people are ambivalent about. Um, you either love them or hate them, uh, and so I'm interested to hear what people have to say about that. Do you disagree with us? Do you think that some of our worst movies are some of the best movies? Do you think that some of our best movies are absolute rubbish? Um, let us know what you think at elementop.com. Now, Seth, Miles, any final words of wisdom? Anything you forgot about and you remembered, oh, I really should have mentioned that, like Venom. Where would you have put Venom, Seth? <laughs>
1: um, I It was much better than I expected. So Okay. It would have to be
0: better than I expected because I expect it to be absolute garbage. Um, yeah. I
1: haven't seen it yet,
0: but whatever it is, it's going to be better than I expect. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that's it. This is the part of the show where I say, thanks for watching. And uh, remember, oh, wait, there's one other thing, a very important part of the show. Not only do you need to feed back to us, let us know what you think, but you really need to, to feed us. And you can do that by going to elementopicom uh, slash Patreon or patreon.com slash Ele- Element OP. Works both ways. Um, and uh, make a pledge, make a donation. Uh, the way that works, so Patreon is a uh, play on the word patron. A patron is one who supports an artist. In the old days, um, an artist would be uh, uh, li- live in somebody's house. Uh, they would be fed. They would be cared for uh, by the patron because the patron likes what they do so much. They want to free those that artist up to do it. Van Gogh uh, was famously uh, patronized um, uh, by a, a wealthy couple. Uh, um, so lots of people were. So Patreon is is the modern version of that. If you like what we do. You can support us to free us up to do that. Patreon.com, Buck a Show, that's all we ask. If you can't afford a Buck a Show, uh, talk to me and I'll give you some career counseling. Um, but uh,
2: let us know what you think, give us money, and remember- We should, al- we, we should also remind the listeners that if it, without spending a dime, they can help the show by going to Amazon and then shopping through the uh, Element OP link, which is- ElementOP.com
0: slash Amazon. There you go. So all that does is puts a cookie in your browser that says, hey, these these people sent me. And every every purchase you make costs ex- you exactly the same thing. And they give us a little kickback. Although legally, they can't use the word kickback. But that's how that works. Um, uh, they're several months behind because if you return things, you get your money back or whatever, um, I don't get a commission on it. So I just got the December check uh, just this month. And uh, you guys did some uh, Christmas shopping at Amazon and we appreciate that. So yeah, that's another great way to support us that, that doesn't cost anything. And of course, tell people about us. If you like the show, if you like what we do, if you think it's fun, why wouldn't you tell other people about it? I mean, really what's wrong with you? Maybe I shouldn't have ended the show like that. (laughs) (laughs) so thanks for hanging out with us everybody Seth, Miles as always thanks for being the best host I can afford on what I pay you and uh, we'll see you next week because that's it for this episode of the Geek Grant and remember pay for what you like